Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the NetSuite podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Fisher, and on this episode, we're covering NetSuite's 2020 release two updates that impact services-based companies, chatting with NetSuite's senior industry principal, Adam Mayo. Mayo starts off by explaining the kinds of services organizations NetSuite works with, mostly project-based companies, breaking down some of the common characteristics, pain points, and solutions to those pain points. He then dives into the common challenges services companies are facing right now amid COVID-19, especially when it comes to scenario planning and forecasting for those companies who aren't selling tangible products, as well as those with hybrid models. He breaks down the updates in NetSuite's 2020 release too that address some of those needs like invoice grouping, and then discusses utilization and updates to NetSuite's Sweet People Performance Management Tool, as well as areas in which services organizations can better serve their customers, project budgeting and project manager notifications, to name a few. Finally, Mayo lays out ways NetSuite's 2020 release to creates greater efficiencies as well as more remote accessibility for services companies and concludes with advice on how those companies can optimize their time to better serve their customers as well as their employees despite the current climate. Tune in for all of that and more coming up next. You're listening to the NetSuite podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. So Adam, we're going to dive into some of the big updates for the services industry that NetSuite is rolling out in 2020 release two, which is rolling out right now as we speak. But before we do, when I say services industry, I'm air quoting right now for the listeners who can't see, um, that seems very broad. What types of services companies does NetSuite typically work with? Yeah, no, it certainly is. It's a, it's a big segment, a uh, big industry, and, and there's really a lot of different companies that fall into it. But more specifically, and I guess I would say at a higher level, we tend to target services companies that are project-based. Uh, and okay. so not everyone falls necessarily into that, that category within there. And that could be IT services, uh, more traditional professional services, consulting companies, uh, solution providers that resell software and, and hardware. And they're, of course, going to need to implement those projects or products in the form of a project. Uh, we also work a lot with... Uh, creative ad agencies. And so they're going to work on a a campaign that's going to be a project that they would be delivering to their end customer. So an IT services company and then like a creative ad industry, again, kind of a broad spectrum there. What are are the common characteristics shared between these businesses? Yeah. So, you know, certainly it's uh, that that project element of it. They're going to have some form of that and and really be employee focused as well, because they're going to have billable resources delivering the work. You know, it's, they're essentially delivering a high level service that their customers don't have the expertise in house to do. Uh, And so that delivery of it's in the form of a project, you know, if, Let's take a, a NetSuite solution provider um, mm-hmm. as a common example. You know they're going to implement NetSuite um, for for an end customer, and so once they sell that work, they need to set up a project. They have to go out and find resources that do it. 
maybe it's in a specific industry. So they need to find someone that has that expertise. And so there's a little bit more work that goes into finding the right resourcing, making sure that they're available. Uh, they have to set up all the contract terms to make sure that they're billing and recognizing revenue appropriately. And then as we start delivering the work or as that solution provider delivers that, uh, making sure that they can measure the success. So they have to look at what it looks like against their budget. Is it profitable? Overall project status, uh, project status summary reports, that sort of thing. Got it. So a lot of touch points there to keep track of, a lot of data to keep track of, a lot of information to keep track of. What are some common pain points then shared between these, you know, project-based organizations? Yeah. So uh, pretty much everything I just described. Right. <laughs> could be, that's could be, that's uh, all a pain point. It's necessary, <laughs> but it's a pain point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, a little more seriously, it's it's kind of standardizing those processes because often they're in a bunch of different systems or it's different processes entirely. You know, so I mentioned trying to find resources. So how do we accurately track who's available, taking a look at a bunch of different calendars and trying to standardize that into a single spot so I can see who's available. Um, getting timesheets entered in timely is huge. And they're also making sure that they're accurate. And time is very important for these types of customers because generally that's going to drive the billing to their end customer. Um, right. So we want that entered in correctly. We don't want them disputing the invoice because you know, Kendall didn't really work on this project or mistakes like that that could go through. Um, and then that's also going to impact, of course, you know, the costing, the, the driver profitability reports and revenue um, that we're, we're really measuring the success of the business by. Right. And ultimately having a control over this is what then drives the, you know, better customer experience at the end, right? You know, if you're not, if you're not able to properly track, you know, how much time somebody spent or the cost around that and, and your numbers are different every time for your customer, that customer is then going to be unhappy and probably not yeah, going to want to work with you again. Yeah. And that's huge because in more kind of traditional product type businesses, there, there's a lot of outbound sales happening, but in the services mm -hmm. world, there's not so much. It's smaller kind of sales teams. There's a lot of repeat work. Okay. You did a great job in this other project. We're going to bring you in to do some other consulting for us. And, and so you're mm -hmm. exactly right. That, that is a, a critical component. We need to make sure that the project's successful so that we can continue to win more business with our customers. Right. Um, so then how have you seen services companies address those pain points and ensure that their, you know, processes are standardized, that they're, that they're able to deliver that ultimate customer experience? Yeah, so more mature services organizations will implement something like a PMO, a project management or uh, office, so that they're uh, going to have standard processes of how to you know, manage a project, uh, what are the different uh, steps or phases of projects to track our deliverables and key milestones. And in, in more terms of software, you know, typically uh, I'm talking with customers that are looking for uh, what we call professional services automation system or, or PSA for short. And that really does help standardize a lot of the process I mentioned earlier. So that's going to provide a project management solution, resource management for scheduling, time and expense entry to capture that against the project. Generally, we'll automate our billing through that application. And then, of course, all the reporting that measures throughout the lifecycle of the project how we're doing. And why is NetSuite specifically a great um, uh, software solution for these services industries? Why, why would somebody choose NetSuite to do all of this? Yeah, so because we cater to services customers, it's one of our, our core 
uh, markets that we serve, uh, we include PSA embedded within the overall ERP. And, and so you can now measure the entire business in a single application, but with all the functionality that a services customer would expect. So they're going to have that PSA solution and have that tie into the upfront CRM, but also the backend financials. And just to go a little deeper on that, why is that so critical for a business in terms of, you know, like what we were talking about earlier, timing and efficiencies and and so on and so forth? Yeah, I mean, I talk to a lot of uh, prospects and customers where one is just the accuracy and, and timeliness because I might have a point system that I did for timesheets uh, and then I'm also measuring projects and let's say a spreadsheet uh, or other offline tools and then we're doing financials and so you really don't have any idea what's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. The project manager might know kind of the day-to-day because they're working with the resources that are delivering it but they don't know the financial aspect of it. They, they don't have a good view of the actual costs or what's been billed and so now if we're approaching the budget and I might have to go to the customer and say, we're getting close to you know, maybe running out of money for this. Uh, I'm doing that after the fact, yeah. <laughs> uh, as opposed to being able to be proactive and saying, you know, no, we need to create, you know, create a change order and go back to the customer and ask, um, you know, these types of things happen. So we need to, uh, you know, potentially expand out what was required. So Got having it. those types of tools all in a single spot really provides a lot more info. Yeah. It's that idea of being proactive rather than reactive, um, which, you know, everybody wants to be. And, and that's something that everybody wants to be, especially right now, as we've learned um, in COVID-19, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies, unfortunately, were reacting to the changes. And, um, you know, I, I think most companies were reacting, obviously, nobody anticipated a pandemic. However, there are some areas in which businesses can, can, you know, focus on being more agile, um, and I'm curious, with the services industry, what are some of the common challenges or feelings shared um, between our NetSuite customers in this industry with, with COVID-19? And what have you seen in terms of, you know, that kind of reactiveness, proactiveness, and agility? Yeah, sure. I mean, of course, cash, cash flow is a big concern, uh, you know, looking at their project work and if things might be delayed or pushed, what type of impact that's going to have. Uh, you know, many of the services customers are kind of looking at this time to focus more on some of the corporate performance management and doing some scenario planning. Uh, I've talked to several customers that are going through that process and really prioritizing it. You know, and so now I can start to look at, well, what if X amount of projects get delayed? Uh, what if we were to consolidate some of our service offerings? Cause we're not going to be able to pro- you know, keep up with, with that. Uh, you know, how do we repurpose travel budgets? Um, mm-hmm. As you can imagine, uh, billable services organizations typically have a significant amount of travel for their employees. So starting to look at uh, those types of scenarios and then what would be the downstream effect for the business. Um, and I, I'm curious how, as you said, like this employees, the employees um, aspect of a, of a services company is massive, but with the shift of working remote or working from home, how has that affected these businesses? I mean, travel itself is one thing, but this idea of working completely remote is another. Yeah, it, it's been a bit of a mix. Um, one thing I'll say kind of more of a success story um, 
is uh, specifically within the IT services space uh, and a little bit more pointed, uh, those that kind of focus more on, on network um, specialists and installing IT infrastructure. Because uh, uh, we've had several customers come, come to us and there's been an uptick in needing to set up businesses for remote working. Um, so they're providing that service to enable tools like Zoom and other AV equipment and software to, to help support that. Um, so that's been kind of, uh, I, I guess, a nice uh, benefit from that. But it more, you know, as far as the effect on services as a whole, um, you know, a lot of them were able to transition fairly seamlessly. Uh, you know, I used the example earlier of a solution provider for NetSuite. You know, it's a SaaS-based product, and they're able to do a lot of the implementation remotely for that type of work. Uh, but it does kind of come down to the type of industry that they serve, you know, you know on the flip side of it, uh, talking with a, a customer that specifically works in the market, uh, manufacturing space. So they resell software and then will also implement and be in warehouses with their customers to help optimize their processes. And so that's been more of a challenge trying to figure out how they can deliver that in a remote uh, scenario with web cameras and things like that. Um, you know, conversely, Another one of our customers, they provide specialized analytics to the banking industry. So again, you can imagine their demand's been quite high. Uh, yeah. And so it really just kind of depends on, because service is so broad, what types of segments that they're working in. Got it. Um, and then to this idea of forecasting, reforecasting for these services organizations that aren't selling a tangible product, how do you plan and forecast sales right now around that? And, and then how does NetSuite help these organizations do that? Yeah, so, you know, again, the billable resources generally kind of drive that. And the key metric that a services company is looking at is their backlog. And so that's really the work that they've sold, but they haven't actually delivered it to the customer yet. So they haven't built it or actually performed the work. Uh, and there's some industry analysis and researchers that were, were cited, you know, healthy backlog going into, um, you know, COVID. And, and so basically meaning that these companies at least had some healthy work to get through the initial slowdown. Um, but, you know, just making sure that uh, they, they have a, a good measure of what that backlog is. And then if there are starts to be pushback from customers, maybe something gets delayed, do we have enough work to kind of fill in the next month, two months, that sort of thing? Right, right. Any other customer success stories, um, again, air quoting, uh, that you can share along that end that you've seen companies doing um, and doing well or right? Yeah, so some I mentioned some of the performance planning right. around planning and budgeting and seen with that scenario planning, they, they've created some alternate budgets with specific sales targets. So kind of three different key targets and uh, allowing that to measure, okay, if we hit here, you know, this will be the impact, this will be the downtime, you know, decrease in things like utilization of our resources, but having those different targets and it's obviously fluid just given kind of the, the nature of everything going on right now. Uh, but that's really, you know, having a, a, flexible planning and budgeting tool to really do that type of forecasting on the fly has been critical. Like I said before, the number one thing, at least I've been hearing when in talking to our customers throughout all of this is 
that idea of agility, flexibility, and, and not obviously not just in planning and budgeting, but across the board, just to be able to, for example, if you decided to start making masks during this time and you're, you know, you have a system like NetSuite that allows you to, you know, more flexibly do that um, is huge. So like hearing that, that's a consistent story across the board. Now, some services organizations sell both products and services. How can they successfully forecast right now too? Yeah, right. So yeah, I mentioned someone like a software reseller a little bit earlier, right. or, or even software providers like ourselves um, here at NetSuite, and they'll include embedded services to implement the products that they're, they're selling. Um, and so the successful organizations, they're able to track all of that in a single solution, um, whether it's in their planning and, and budgeting tool or, or ERP or both, hopefully. And so from a forecasting standpoint, uh, they can measure the billing and revenue forecasts for the product sales, uh, mm-hmm. but they're also able to measure that backlog I was talking about as, as well. So now I, I can see you know, what we're expecting for, for product sales. That tends to impact the services, obviously, because you know, if I don't sell the product, then I may not have the services that go along with it. Uh, and so having those in a single spot really is helpful. And that's obviously how NetSuite supports these kind of hybrid business models, right? Yeah. So we talked a little bit earlier, uh, NetSuite includes CRM, financials, professional services automation. Um, and so it's a single unified solution. Everything's connected. And, and mm-hmm. so I have a sales order where I can include the products, whether it's a software license or usage or support and maintenance, even uh, a hardware that I might be uh, including as part of that. But then you have your project directly tied in there as well. And so from the professional services automation, I can track the whole project lifecycle, set up the billing and revenue for the services side. And so now everything is all in the spot, not only for forecasting, but for actuals. There's enough uncertainty to go around right now. NetSuite reduces it by giving you visibility and control. With so many critical decisions to make, you need the right numbers and you need them right now. NetSuite by Oracle is the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, we give you financials, cash flow, payroll, inventory, and more all in one place so you have clear visibility and total control of your business. NetSuite customers have the flexibility to work from anywhere with immediate clarity on critical information right at their fingertips. No more guessing, no more waiting. Make smarter decisions with confidence because you've got crystal clear visibility into your numbers. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to stay in control. Receive your free guide, Managing Business Uncertainty, and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash USA. Don't wait. Get your free guide, Managing Business Uncertainty, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash USA. netsuite.com slash USA. Is anything coming out in uh, NetSuite's 2020 release two to further address these needs, especially as you know climate continues to evolve and change like it is right now? Yeah, so a, a great feature is uh, this invoice grouping. Uh, and so I'll start off by saying to invoices presented to the customer that are accurate and provide everything generally get paid quicker. Uh, and mm. so again, in a time of where we're thinking about cash flow, it's in- increasingly important that we get it right the first time. Uh, yeah. But what this allows us to do is take multiple invoices that we might have within NetSuite and combine them in a single 
uh, presentation to the customer. And you might ask, well, why are you creating separate invoices? You know, sometimes there's internal reasons for it or you know, in the example you just provided for products and services, I might've sold some product and some initial services to get them up and running. And then we find out, oh no, there's a bigger project here. And so I'm gonna to have to now set up a project that I wasn't initially thinking about. So it's a separate transaction and the customer doesn't care. But for our accounting, we need to have those set up appropriately within NetSuite. And now with this invoice grouping, I can take the invoices from those multiple transactions put it into a single output and send it off to the customer in the appropriate format. And so now we're, we're automating that, that whole process and really facilitating more of that hybrid business model. Right. Nothing falls through the cracks. And again, like you said, you get paid faster. And as we're all learned, we've all learned right now, cash, cash is, is king. Um, and having that runway and that cash flow is, is everything. Now, you also talked about backlog. What other key metrics can services firms use to gauge the business right now? Yeah, so utilization is always one that I'm talking to customers about, and that really measures their employee productivity. It looks at how much time a resource worked on a billable project versus internal time, whether it's admin, training, PTO, uh, that, that, that isn't going to be charged out to a customer. Uh, in addition, things like project profitability is critical. Uh, that allows you to measure the success of an individual project. But a little bit more importantly, kind of within these times, is measuring different service offerings too, what type of project that was. Because mm -hmm. again, I might want to look at and see you know, we're going to have a little bit more slow time or backlogs kind of shrinking. I maybe want to focus more on the profitable services that we can deliver versus things that weren't really making us as much. Uh, and so when I need to get a little bit more uh, choosy, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, I can have some more insight because I can see these types of projects generally are going to impact the bottom line more significantly than these others. Right. And have we seen any trends or, or changes happening in the services industry, like where we're seeing more profitable services than we were before? Yeah, so going back to my example earlier, I think IT services, um, those that support things like SaaS-based products, definitely uh, has been uh, more of an uptick. Uh, mm -hmm. Those that can support remote services and, and implementations versus ones that do need to be more traditionally on-site. You know, so I think yeah. that's where, you know, if we can start to look at things that we can do remotely that we weren't thinking about before uh, you know, and starting to, to add that as a potential service offering too. Yeah. Now utilization, I imagine there's been a decrease in utilization for the industry as a whole. Is that true? And if so, how have, um, how have you been seeing services companies use that downtime and, and manage their employees right now? Yeah, I mean, I think just across the board, uh, seeing a decrease, but utilization certainly is impacted. Um, you know, I mentioned backlog was pretty healthy, you know, going into this, but still projects would, were getting delayed or, you know, things like I can't get on site to deliver the work. And so we're going to have folks on the bench. Uh, but, you know, companies are really looking to continue to engage with their employees and they're using that downtime for things that they could in the past. You know, when you have a, uh, organization that's very much on the road and, and billable on, on, uh, with customers, I don't have a lot of time to spend on training. And so I think now they're looking at things that we can do to build up skill sets, build up acumen, 
uh, you know, working with others that, that are remote to do some of that training too. You know, so you might have your highly skilled resources that were always being booked to projects that maybe have a little bit more downtime and they can do the training with some of the, the less utilized resources so that we start to spread the wealth when things start to pick back up. Yeah, that's something that I actually have been listening in on on a lot of different business podcasts when they're talking about careers right now and trajectories just in general for the listeners that are tuning in like a good thing to do if you have find yourself having more downtime than usual pick up a new skill set build something new into your resume learn something new learn something you've always been wanting to learn that's what i've heard you know again across the board is just that's what when businesses do start hiring again out of this um they're going to be looking for what people have been doing during during some of this downtime so not only is that you know important for the services industry but it's kind of important for everybody who's finding themselves with a a little more time on their hands these days um Absolutely. Now, managing people, as we discussed, huge focus uh, for for the services industry, again, really for any company. Um, but what types of features are being released in NetSuite's 2020 release too to further, further support this on the services side, to support this huge focus on, um, you know, employees? Yeah, and I just realized that when you asked me earlier, kind of what NetSuite provides for a whole solution, I talked about CRM, financials, mm-hmm. and PSA. I, I forgot to mention HR or HCM with our suite yeah. people offering, and that's really uh, you know embedded in there. And, and in 20.2, introducing additional functionality to that around performance management, uh, which uh, again, with more downtime, starting to look at what skills I can build up. And there's a whole goals management that's part of that that can get tied into reviews. So now I can start creating measurable goals for each specific employee. I create them myself. And then we also, because we're within the overall NetSuite platform, I can tie it into the back-end areas um, or, or even more front-end sales and, and PSAs. As an example, I might be a project manager. I can tie that into how quickly I deliver my projects. And so my target might be X amount of, of days or percentage, and we have the data in NetSuite that's going to then update the actuals. So I can compare that in real time and you know, maybe the downside of that is I can't fake what percentage uh, success rate I had on there because um, it's looking at the actual data. But really, uh, nice tie-in to kind of embed uh, all of NetSuite into something like performance management for uh, goals tracking. And just for everyone who's tuning in right now, we have a podcast episode coming out um, on Sweet People Performance Management. So stay tuned for that um, as we dive deeper into that whole area. Now, on the external customer front, how are you seeing services companies working with their customers in this climate? Yeah, yeah. again, trying to support their customer needs as much as possible. Um, so working with them if they need to renegotiate contracts or, or possibly postpone projects if needed or uh, trying to be more nimble, again, to deliver things remotely uh, where appropriate. Uh, and so being able to, to do that. And I think the repurposing services element is kind of interesting too. You know, I mentioned that a uh, customer we have that serves the banking industry. And, and so uh, I think their analytic data probably wasn't predicting necessarily the times we're in now. And so shifting focus from perhaps growth types of opportunities within the banking industry to, you know, how do we kind of look at the data now in a way that's meaningful to, to uh, make our way through the, the storm here. Uh, and so 
taking different service offerings uh, and being flexible for their customers as well. Yeah, and I've heard from a couple of our services customers actually who, you know, because they work with a, a, a variety of different businesses, um, they're actually able to learn a bit more about some of the different things pe- companies are facing right now. For example, like even just applying for PPP loans. I heard about one of our customers who was basically spent a majority of their time helping their customers learn more about that right now and just kind of, you know, being flexible and saying, Hey, we've, we've been, you know, we've been a consultant to you for this, you know, for these various projects over the years. And now while we can't do that, we can help you in this other area. And I think that's super exciting and super interesting, um, to hear just how organizations are coming together to, like you said, to repurpose, um, their services in, in, in different ways. Very cool. Um, now, is there anything coming out in the NetSuite 20.2 release that will help services um, companies better serve their customers in this time and moving forward? Yes. And so because services is a core focus for us around our PSA and projects functionality, we're continuing to add functionality there. Uh, we've expanded our project budgeting capabilities to, to have better tie-ins with uh templatizing how you create a project budget. So it's easier to set that up from a starting point. If I have a similar project, similar type of service that can then be used to create a budget for a new project. And and now I'm not starting from scratch and then tying in uh, different ways to build out the revenue estimate for that budget, uh, all with a nice front end capability of doing so. And of course, budgeting, uh, now where maybe uh, pennies are getting pinched a little bit more so and and customers are looking at the dollars that they're spending on projects, we need to make sure that we really have that accuracy. Um, Also things like uh, project manager notifications. And so trying to get more proactive, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, And so things like time hasn't been submitted, there's time to approve expenses to approve those will be different notifications and I can create thresholds of when I get reminded of those directly on the project and then I can take action on it. And and so I'm going to one spot, I can look at my overall project, the health of it, and then anything that I need to take action on, I can click into right from there. Uh, And then another one is around, um, actually tie into uh, Oracle content and experience. And so uh, in working with advertising agencies and other services customers, often they're collaborating on documentation, videos, other type of content on a project. And what the Oracle content and experience application provides is a, f- a full digital asset hub um, to store all of that. There's collaboration tools tied into third party applications to maintain and edit that content. And we'll have that directly tied into NetSuite through single sign-on. So when I'm on a project in NetSuite, I'll have a folder within our OCE to view those documents and I can drag and drop and and add those and look at the conversations that are happening on those files as well. So really trying to promote more of that uh, project collaboration within the application. So kind of what I'm gathering from all of all of the uh, updates in NetSuite's 2020 release to, release two for services industries, it's it's greater efficiencies, more accuracy, and more flexibility really for some of this remote remote work that's going on as well as like any of the delays that are happening. Is there anything else that you would speak to that you think is the overall takeaway or benefit from um, NetSuite's 2020 release two for services organizations? 
Yeah, efficiencies is absolutely right. Um, a, a big area of focus now, maybe not so much on travel, but there's still uh, expenses that, that are occurring and uh, something that we've heard from our customers for a, a long time is around uh, Amex integration. And so now if there's corporate Amex cards that the customer uses, those will directly get imported into NetSuite. And so as the end user, I'll see a queue of things that are on my Amex card within NetSuite, and I can easily tag those and put them on my expense report, do the appropriate coding, uh, and have that available. Um, so really a huge time saver, something that, you know, again, trying to get everything in a single spot, uh, getting folks adopting and leveraging the expense report capabilities, and, and that's going to be a nice time saver to do that. In addition, uh, our expense report policies are coming out as well. And so that's going to provide more controls. And these can be even project specific, which again, for a services organization can, can be key. When I'm negotiating a contract, there might be certain expenses that we can charge back, others that we can't. And so having more rules in place to set things like per diems and rules for when you need an attachment because you're at a certain dollar value. Uh, and so building those types of policies to get that compliance. And ultimately, it makes it easier for the end user to fill it out in a more timely manner. And then if we do need to charge that back to our customer, it's it's accurate the first time. And I mean, kind of even more ultimately than that, it results in these end users being able to focus on what they're actually hired to do and focus on what they need to do in order to get through this, this you know, wild time right now. Um, you know, cause I think we, we, we said earlier, some people may have more time on their hands. We may, you know, some services, uh, based organizations, um, who, who aren't, you know, selling tangible products may have more time to focus on their employees, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, more time to focus on expenses or, you know, integrating your AM or whatever, integrating your Amex, whatever it may be that that allows them to spend this time really critically thinking about how to move forward and what the next step to, step is. Right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, any other future plans or updates uh, you can discuss on the product side for the services industry? Yeah, so I've probably hammered the point home a little too much, but PSA <laughs> is a big focus for us for, for services, and we continue to to look at that. You know, from a project manager usability standpoint, that's a core focus. We want to delight our project managers that are leveraging the application. And some of the things I mentioned are certainly going to help with that uh, user experience, but expanding on that. And so really optimizing the project life cycle, uh, making it as easy as possible to staff a project uh, once it's set up, have that tie into the budget and driver financials and really make it a one-stop shop. So as a project manager, it goes to what we would call their project workspace. They can see everything in one screen, drill into the highlights where there's something that you need to take action on uh, and go from there. Uh, and so I would say that's one of our, our big focus areas is around that, that project manager uh, user experience. Great. Now, I've been asking everybody this, um, you know, our leaders here at NetSuite, since we do work with, you know, such a variety of organizations, um, and since we're in it too, what other advice would you share to our customers or lis listeners, um, and especially those in the services industry, as we navigate the current climate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we touched on some of it around supporting their clients and, and of course, employees too, and so making sure we, we focus our attention on 
two key critical areas, uh, you know, our customers that we're working with and, and driving revenue that way, but also our, our employees that are delivering it. Uh, you know, I, I think things that they can certainly do is, you know, look around at strengthening their, their core. And so getting more of that insight into the business while you have the time. Uh, we did talk you know, a bit about the, the performance management tracking, but really looking at the services or the business as a whole uh, and, and where are areas that we're doing well and other areas that, that we're not doing so great. Cause especially with services companies, they generally start off small. You know, I might've uh, been at a software provider and I went off on my own and we started to shop specialized in something we've kind of grown now and we may even be in different locations, different countries. And so we've grown quite quickly and we had a lot of work and it's coming in, but we really never had a chance to kind of stop and look at the business and see, well, is this something that's really going to you know, move the bottom line for us? And so starting to do that type of analysis can really be helpful and, and you know, cut the fat in a, in a way that it, it's really not necessarily a negative. It's, mm-hmm. These aren't things that are, are driving the business forward. Uh, and now we can spend more attention on the things that might. So um, you know, I think that's a, a big area there. And, you know, rethinking that your future, um, we talked a little bit about hybrid business models, but getting more creative too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you might identify different service lines, different offerings that you hadn't thought of before, different ways of delivering it. You know, I, I imagine that, you know, Zoom and, and other conferencing tools are, are going to be a way of delivery and conducting business for quite some time. And even with some recent announcements of offices, not necessarily opening up this year. Uh, and so I think people are really looking at you know, how they can um, continue that kind of working environment um, and still deliver top quality projects, which is kind of the focus of our customers. Yeah. Well, Adam, thank you so much. This is tremendously insightful. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us. I'm sure you'll be on again soon and uh, we look forward to it. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kendall. Thank you so much to Adam Mayo for joining us on this episode of the NetSuite podcast, breaking down those new capabilities for services companies that we'll be seeing in NetSuite's 2020 release too. I also want to shout out to our editing crew over at Lampstand and of course, extend a big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Bye. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.